Let's go! Welcome to Sunday's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mason Paz. And I'm your co-host, Jake Nagy. Jake, it is uh, after week 12. We're heading into the final week of the regular season. This is where uh, the money's on the table. Um, and everybody's pretty much uh, winning in, or I don't know, there's some people still playing for stuff down at the bottom, too. How are you feeling, man? Yeah, feeling good, man. It's it's a little bittersweet, I gotta say. This is the point in the season where you realize that the playoff stretch is coming, which is exciting, but also mm-hmm. the season has flown by, man. This just is such a, a sweet part of the calendar year, fantasy football, and so a little bittersweet that we're already... Working into week 13, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty pleased about the first 12 weeks. Feeling good about Ryan and I's squad. Had a, a real solid week last week. Was getting a little nervous. We had two kind of shaky performances in a row, but our boys bounced back, clinched a bye, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, feeling pretty good, man. How about yourself? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's funny that you mentioned that, Connor. I was talking to Connor today, and he said, you know, I would be so happy if we just drafted again tomorrow and played an entire <laughs> another season over the next three months. And I was like, yeah, I completely agree. I just, I, I love this game. And these are uh, three or four months that I look forward to every single year and adds a lot of color to my, to, to the life and, uh, and uh, keeps it from being dull. Um, as for my team, um, things are going pretty well, I would say. Um, I think uh, you probably have noticed, but ever since Chris Godwin became the the Avi, I'm four and zero uh, and <laughs> taking on all comers. Um, the team looks pretty good. I was worried about last week because I've had pretty much half my team on by, but they made it happen um, and put John in the dirt and probably clinched a playoff spot. So that's uh, all you can ask for for a successful season. So I'm I'm pleased as punch. Yeah, man, you're on a heater. But I, I I did notice that when you posted the polls. On at least on my group meet, it shows your old Avi instead of the Chris Godwin Avi, um, and then later on your Avi went back to Chris Godwin. So I don't know if that's some kind of foreshadowing or Uh-oh. a little bit of funky business. But yeah, we don't like that. On that. <laughs> yeah, save me, Chris Godwin, please protect the faithful. Um, yeah. So a little housekeeping before we dive in. So this is our uh, playoff push podcast. Um, we're gonna go. Um, matchup by matchup and try and tell you who's going to make the playoffs. This is uh, this is where it all comes down to, and this is the last week of the season. Um, so, yeah, this uh, one game can make or break you, no matter what you've done up until this point. So that's going to be the meat of the podcast. Um, we will have no guests today because we're both slammed and it's the holidays. Um, and next week we will be coming out with a playoffs edition of the pod where we walk through the playoffs and predict each matchup, and we'll have a guest picker. Um, so, uh, tell us something clever or text us and tell us something we want to hear and maybe we'll make it you, uh, Jake, you got anything else? Ah, it's good, man. Um, with that being said, I wanted to give a little special blue ribbon to, uh, two owners in our league who, uh, got a particularly tough treatment during the last episode of the pod. And that would be Jake Davis and Andrew Fry, who both, uh, got a little bit of grief about some of their, their deadline moves and these two are both undefeated since that episode, silencing the haters, uh, yeah. putting aside the, the Kittle trade, um, which we've, we've talked about ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Jake Davis picked up DJ Moore, who since acquired has averaged 24 points a game. Yeah. And Michael Gallup, who also has been quite impressive. And Andrew has three wins in a row. Uh, he picked up John Brown, who scored 34 the week after he was acquired. Odell is finally looking like uh, a bit of his, uh, his old self. And 
Um, also, a bit of a savvy move, not even a trade. Andrew picked up Jared Cook, who has three super solid weeks in a row at tight end. So blue ribbon, yeah. each of these guys. Well done, lads. Yeah, honestly, very good. And yeah, Jared Cook has looked like a new guy. Uh, DJ Moore, I just I missed DJ Moore terribly. I traded him <laughs> earlier in the season. Love him. It's great. Um, Andrew, and also think, I mean, yeah, the Browns are showing what they can do. So those are those are two teams that are on the up, looking pretty good. Um, I will still say that the I, I can't remember exactly who he traded for in the um, Kittle trade, but um, uh, Jake ended up with Joe Mixon and Michael Gallup, who combined for I think 14 points last week, and, <laughs> and George Kittle still had 24. So I mean, hey, he's he's still alive and he's still winning, so I, I can't give him too much crap. That's but right. we'll see if uh, it pays off for this week. That's right. All right. Um, before we go any further, we're going to do a little in memoriam for the teams that have been eliminated. I think pretty much everybody was still in the running. Um, maybe one or two, like very unlikely so. But this is the first week where we've had some teams actually get mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Um, so we have a, a little bit of a segment where we talk about what went wrong with each of their seasons and, and why they're now on the outside looking in. Um, I can start us off um, with the. Uh, one who is at the very bottom of the standings right now, and that's Chase Darst, hair of the dog, uh, sitting at four and eight. Um, you know, Chase is a team that I, I think I uh, defended coming into the season, um, and I still think you know, it's he's he's had some tough luck. You know, injuries to his uh, best keeper, his best player, and Tyreek, and then Sterling Shepard, who's definitely been at least flex worthy, if not better. Um, but the biggest mistake I think he made was he. Uh, uh, invested heavily in the Eagles offense with Zach Ertz and now Sean Jeffrey, and they've just gone nowhere. Um, and yeah, on top of that, you know, had some options to maybe make some moves and kind of stand in pat and uh, has led him to the record that you see today. Jake, you got anything on Chase? Yeah, uh, Chase was, was pointing this out earlier today. He, he does have the um, third highest points against in the league, and that's mm-hmm. definitely hard. Um, and he, he was mentioning that and kind of, you know, hitting at some of the teams at the top a little bit. And I, I debated whether or not I should say this, but I'll say I, I looked at uh, Chase's schedule and um, at Ryan and I's, and uh, we Ryan and I would be 8-4 and four with Chase's schedule. He's 4-8. and eight. So you can't just say that, uh, you know, it all was because of your schedule. However, that mm-hmm. being said, Chase, if he had our schedule, he himself would be 8-4. and four. With yeah. the schedule Ryan and I had. So, right. you know, um, I've been in both spots. Uh, I've been in his spot more than I've been in the spot I'm in currently. <laughs> so I empathize with him. Um, there is a lot of luck that comes to fantasy football. But at the end of the day, not enough moves were made. I agree. That's probably was uh, part of Chase's downfall. Yeah. Who's next? Who we got next? Next up is none other than Mr. Andrew Fry, who is no longer sitting at the bottom or even... 13th place he finds himself in uh, 11th place that's maybe yeah. the highest Andrew's been <laughs> this year uh, after this three-game heater that he's been on yeah um, yeah Andrew, I, I think that uh, he really was kind of screwed from the start with the whole Melvin Gordon drama uh, probably had the worst keeper coming in and a late first round pick and you know, I think a lot of us kind of felt like that kind of doomed him from the start um, he did get his trades in but they all came kind of at the deadline so you know, maybe here or there could have made a move a little bit earlier. You know, three of his first five games, he scored under 85 points. And I honestly just think when you start uh, when you start like that, it's really hard to crawl back in just a 13-week season mm-hmm. with so much parity in this league. So, yeah, any, yeah. any other thoughts on Andrew? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you said it. Like, I would rather, you know, basically be limping at the end and lose, like, my last three, yeah. uh, but start out hot than the other way around because it's just, it's just so hard to, like, when you're behind the eight ball to really come back. And he's he's ripped off, you know, a handful of uh, good games and got some wins, and kudos to him after the flack that he got for the trades that he made. But, yeah, I mean, obviously too little too late, and uh, he's, yeah, still in the running at the bottom for the worst award of all. Which takes us to the next team, which is Alex Lott uh, with Gruden Grinders. And he is currently sitting at the bottom of the standings, uh, shaking in his boots. Um, I think he's not maybe not the bottom. Yeah, he's still above Chase. But shaking in his boots, hoping that he can get that win that might keep him from last place. Um, look back at it, uh, Alex's season, and, you know, he kind of got – we talked about this earlier in the year, but he kind of got screwed by the Antonio Brown drama and everything that happened there. It's like his team really isn't that bad and wasn't really that bad. Um, and, like, a keeper could have been the guy who, you know, put him over some wins on some close and tough losses that he had. Um, I'll also say that he probably traded Darren Waller too early. I don't fault him, you know, for trying to cash that chip, but I think he could have gotten a lot more value down the the middle of the season. And I was also uh, looking at the rest of his team, and I was seeing that, like, his team at the beginning of the year didn't look that great, but somewhere in the middle he got pretty good. Um, and then Fuller and Ingram both got hurt, and then he traded everybody, and, and <laughs> now his team is where it is now. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. You know, a lot of fantasy leagues you play in, regardless of the sport, the person at the bottom of the standings typically forgets to set their lineup at the end of the season and just kind of ignored ignored it. And it's truly devastating. We, we all know, let's be real, Alex probably spends more time uh, tinkering with his lineup and investing in fantasy football than anybody. And if he ends up in 14th, the ISHN handle, man, that's just, it's a little bit brutal, man. I, yeah. I feel for the guy. I will say uh, in the battle of the Madisons in the, uh, in the women's league, his Madison was uh, down by quite a bit going into Monday night football. And like one Jacob and Zach uh, was able to pull off a, a comeback. She beat my Madison by 0.4 points. So at least Goodness. that couple has something to celebrate. Shout yeah. out to, to Madison Orman. Yeah. That's what keeps you coming back to fantasy football is just the hope that your girlfriend will have a better team than you, right? <laughs> That's right. And speaking of heartbreaking <laughs> Monday Night Football losses, we have one Stefan Albiero, who technically, technically, is the only team who we're going to do a memoriam for here that is got a little bit of a slight 0.1% chance to make it. There's a lot of things that could go his way, and he could sneak into the sixth seed, but we're going to go ahead and <laughs> chalk it up uh, now. Steph started off hot. He uh, scored 158 points week one, uh, came on the podcast after a 2-0 start and was talking a big talk. And then weeks three through nine, he went just two and five. Uh, in that span, he had four <laughs> weeks of injury from his keeper, Devontae Adams, which really, man, just yeah. guts your team. And honestly, I think it's really interesting. He had a very similar draft strategy, specifically at the, the beginning of the draft, to Riley. Mm-hmm. He took some guys who fell a bit, Damian Williams, Marlon Mack, um, similar strategy. He had 18 from Damian Williams week one, 25 from Marlon Mack, and then it all just fizzled out. Mack mm-hmm. uh, only scored in double digits, I think maybe half of the season from there, and Damian Williams only posted double j- digits twice the rest of the season. So, yeah, when two of your picks uh, bust like that and your keeper is injured, it's, it's hard, man. Yeah, kind of a victim of the the, the Chiefs running back roulette. Um, and then, I mean, he rode the wave of Austin Eckler early. And he's still been great, you know, lately, but just doesn't have the same ceiling. So, yeah, 
Yeah, you feel for Steph. He's definitely making strides, though. He's had, uh, I think, two years in a row where he's missed ISHN by one game or something like that. Yeah. And now he's, yeah, he's got he's got five wins, and you know he's kind of the needle might be pointing up for him in the in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next team is one that I think we both were very high on at the very beginning yeah. of the season, and that's Trent and Hunter, two cooks in the kitchen. Um, these guys actually have a pretty decent shot of coming in last. Uh, they're, they're bottom of the league and yeah, I know bottom of the league in points four. And I looked at their team and I was just like, still like, I still don't hate this team. It's, it's not bad. But the thing is, is like, it just, it just feels like Zeke has been, you know, underperforming, hasn't had the same ceiling that he has in the past. And then obviously James Conner in and out of the lineup for them for so long and then traded him at the last second. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I think we we all, me and you included, liked Brandon Cooks and liked the Rams offense in general. And they've just oh, they've just looked like absolute dog crap. So, yeah, and then and Brandon Cooks, you know, basically being concussed for most of the season doesn't help either. So it's been kind of a, a rough luck one there for them. And, and I think they've just like kind of not been able to put it all together at once to have those big weeks, you know. Yeah, man. If you had this team in 2018, Matt Ryan, who's QB2, Zeke, Sonny Michelle, Tyler Lockett, Julio Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, Brandon Cooks. I mean, that's an absolute juggernaut. And that's what it's been on paper all season. And yet they have just floundered the last three weeks especially. And yeah, I'm I'm shocked that we are sitting here discussing this team uh, in this way. But that's how it goes sometimes in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, so some tough luck in there, some some bad decisions by all those teams with trades, except for Chase, who didn't even make a trade, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll uh, pour one out for these guys and, and say better luck next year for all of them. Um, uh, sorry. You're good. Um, yeah, so moving on to the next part. Um, this is what uh, we're going to spend most of our time talking about, and that's just the scenarios, man. There's just like infinite number of scenarios. And at first when we were sitting here, we were thinking about it, and we were like, you know, we should talk about everybody's path to the playoffs, what that looks like. But we just we started looking at it and it's just it's mind boggling how many people still have a chance and like all the things that need to happen for everybody in different scenarios. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of the matchups and talk about who we think is going to win that matchup. And then also what's on the line in each of those matchups and the effect of like our eventual prediction. Also taking into account, you know, how the polls and the group me went today. Um but as it stands right now, as it stands right now, there's uh, six playoff spots, and three of them are uh, taken uh, by Jake Ryan, so you guys, um, and then Riley, and then most likely me. There's still like a a very like not super real low percentage chance that like some teams could score a whole lot of points and jump me, but we'll say those three are in. Um, and then there's three spots up for grabs for Madison, Saquanda Forever, John, Connor, and. Jake Davis. So that's five for three spots. And then also down at the bottom, there's still a lot of people uh, in contention to stay away from uh, the the hated uh, ISHN name. Um, and that's Alex and Chase at the very bottom, but then Andrew and Trenton Hunter right on their heels um, at just one game above them. Um, so yeah, we're going to dive right in, start predicting the games and talking about them. You want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it really is wild that, uh, at this point in the season, there are still so many possibilities for so many teams. And I think that's what you want out of uh, out of a fantasy football league is you want everybody having something to play for every single week. Uh, nobody is just locked into the seed that they're in currently. 
Um, so yeah, with that being said, we'll we'll start off with with two teams playing for drastically different things, and that would be yourself versus one Alex Lot in the right. group me. Uh, all 14 votes were cast. Mason, you came out with 10 votes as the winner, and Alex with four. Um, again, barring some crazy scenario, you are already in, um, but you are just five points behind Riley in scoring, which means you could be fighting for a buy, something that was almost unthinkable four weeks ago. Um, yeah. Truly, dude, I, I, I got to sure. give you some kudos. Uh, you were three and five, feeling pretty down in the dumps our two episodes ago. Oh, yeah. Now seven and five, you're, you're looking at a potential buy. Um, well yeah, done there to was, you. There was darkness in my season. There was darkness <laughs> in my heart. I was, I was in the depths, but hey. Chris Goblin uh, pulled me out of the the depths and and uh, <laughs> took me on a run. He's not even on my team. It's just this point. I just I just love him because he's he's on my um, Abby, and that has yeah. definitely been the uh, the impetus for the success for the turnaround. Yes, we we should probably name this the Chris Godwin podcast because we are both <laughs> fans of Chris Godwin for drastically yeah, different sure, reasons. Exactly. We just talk about him for you know the next hour and a half if you yeah, want. Yeah, our boy Chris Godwin. What a guy. Um, but yeah, man, it. Uh, um, still a bit on the line for you. And then Alex obviously fighting to not get the ISHN title. And honestly, if this season is any indication, I think that he will probably come down to uh, him losing points four to Chase by like 0.3 points. And he comes in 14th. I mean, that's just how it's been for Alex. You, yeah. you, really, you feel for him. Um, it's, it's hard for me, honestly, to see a game script where McCaffrey scores under 30 versus the Washington Redskins. I mean... Honestly, this could be a week where he scores 45, maybe 50 points. And that sounds ludicrous, but it's not. This guy has just been an absolute animal. He's averaging 30 points. I'm going to say that again. He is averaging 30 points. Taking week two out, which was a bit of an anomaly. He mm-hmm. has um, his lowest scoring week outside of week two was 21 points in week six for Tampa Bay. It's just it's nuts, man. He's having yeah. an unbelievable season. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I can't really see Kelsey having a bad game versus an Oakland defense that just got torched by the Jets. I think you've got a very high floor. Um, and yet, honestly, Alex has multiple guys who are very high upside. Kyler's QB5 uh, and Kamara, Diggs, and Keenan Allen all have games this year where they scored 37 or more points. Yeah. So if all of those guys hits a hit as well this could be an absolute shootout of a game could be yeah and uh we're gonna do a little x factor for each game i think the x factor here as crazy as it sounds might be the defenses basically mm-hmm. you have carolina versus the the redskins who i believe are the 28th worst offense 28th best offense in fantasy football um so it could be a, a big showing for the carolina defense mm-hmm. and then alex is starting the the jets who are playing uh the cincinnati, cincinnati. Bengals, barely yeah. an nfl team uh, the Jets are actually pretty dynamite these last couple weeks. They posted 16, 12, and 19. Uh, mm-hmm. That was kind of a, a piece we gave to, to Alex in the Devin Singletary trade. Um, but these defenses are, are both capable of putting up big points. Could be an absolute shootout. And, uh, you know, just to be a contrarian, I think I'm going to say that Alex pulls uh, the upset and gets the dub. Yeah, oh, I hate it. It hurts. It hurts <laughs> that you would do that to me. But yeah, honestly, I like his chances. Like, I, mean, I think he's got some good matchups, like Diggs versus Seattle. You like that. Like Keenan Allen versus Denver. Eh, it's not great. Um, but yeah, like you said, the defenses have a have a good shot of popping off. 
And then, like, Kamara was, I don't know, what did he do last week? It wasn't a very good game for him. Yeah, pretty good. Well, it was, like, 19. 19, yeah. Like, he has he had 19 on 54 yards and, like, a million catches. <laughs> and so, like, I, I just don't really see very many games. Like, I, I just don't think that Kamara is, you know, like, going to go two in a row where he's not really being focused on in the offense. Like, I think he probably gets in the end zone in this one against Atlanta, who's been, I mean, they had that two-game stretch where they looked like world beaters, but then they just lost to the Bucks by, like, like two touchdowns or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think Alex's team here, all credit, is, is pretty scary. I think I'd still, you know, give myself the edge, probably, um, just, like, a lot of ways that, like, I, I think that I could beat you. Um, and that's obviously, I think, the, the crux of that is Christian McCaffrey, and then Russell Wilson scored nine points last week, so I just I don't see that continuing against a Minnesota defense that's been really bad in the air. Um, and then yeah, a, a sneaky one is like Allen Robinson coming off a big game against the Lions, who are also very much struggling after a hot start to the season. So I, I think I'll uh, I'll push back and say that I, I get the dub in this one, and maybe send Alex down to the depths. Yeah, I uh, I think when you have a player who um has outscored two NFL teams in touchdowns. McCaffrey has 17 <laughs> touchdowns and that is more than the Redskins and the Cincinnati Bengals. You are probably the favorite in every single game you play. <laughs> so yeah, man, yeah, it's, it's nice definitely... to have the high outside guy at this time of year. Cause uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the guys that score you 40 or 35 are the guys that win you your matchup. So like we said, Alex has those guys too. So yeah, could, could really be a shootout here, a sneaky shootout. Yeah. I like it. Um, we're, uh, we're seeing, we're going to put something on it. I, I offered, uh, to put a Waffle House waffle on it. And then he countered and said that he didn't like Waffle House, which made me drop my phone. Wow. Um, but you know, wow. he's gonna, we're going to, we're going to put something on this. And, You're going to win. I'm picking yeah, exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a seriously questionable taste of waffles. Yeah. Um, next matchup is Connor versus Madison. A lot on the line in this one. So Connor needs a win to stay alive. Um, and if he does win, it'll still all come down to points four um, with the, the cluster that's going to be at seven and six probably. And then Madison is controls his own destiny and he's winning in a guy that we both liked coming out of the uh, trade deadline. I think looking at this matchup, you know, there's a lot to like on Connor's team in terms of upside. You like uh, Mike, Mike Thomas. He's, he's awesome at can't guard Mike. Um, and then uh, Dak on Thanksgiving has a really good record on Thanksgiving. It's not an easy matchup, but I, I think that a, a bounce back is in order from New England, the New England game. Um, but then, yeah, you got Madison, too. And, and I think the Todd Gurley trade right now could look pretty good against the Cardinals because they really struggle against the run. And then Ridley has been raging over the last month. Um, but I still think that the X factor here is probably Kenyon Drake. Um because, you know, we've we've seen that Cliff Kingsbury is just a pathological liar and just says whatever he wants <laughs> and then just does the complete opposite. So, I mean, like, we could walk out there and Kenyon Drake could get all the touches or, like, David Johnson could suddenly be the workhorse again. And I think that if Kenyon Drake gets the lion's share and plays like he's been playing, I think my pick would be Connor. And I think, you know, signs point to that. And so I'll, I'll say that, that Connor is the one that I'm taking in uh, this matchup. What do you got? Yeah, you know, I, I, this is a fun matchup. One of their honeymoon phases of life is probably coming to an end as their season is completed. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a good matchup. Two, two savvy owners who have made a lot of good moves to make this happen. I will say, taking a look at Madison's team, um, man, they, there's a lot of good matchups. Uh, the ESPN apps are doing that thing where they rank your opponent 
uh, on the app. And I think all but all but one of Madison's players have a, a positive matchup, a matchup in green mm-hmm. against a weaker team. Um, so that's helpful. But also a couple guys who are in struggling offenses right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked pretty rough last week, really the last three weeks. Um, the Rams just, man, what has happened to this team? Yeah. Then Calvin Ridley, if Austin Hooper is able to come back, I think you got to imagine his target share drops quite a bit. So I don't know, man. That This team is just really – it's all season been hard for me to tell what Madison's team will be, which is make what makes them a lot of fun. And honestly, the chaos of Connor's trade deadline makes him pretty similar. I, I don't – I'd say it's a push. I, I can't even – don't even know if I can pick a winner. Yeah, that's fair. And I think Connor's got some start sets to make, which could really be like where it comes down to. Like like Madison's team's pretty much picked for him. Like, you know, yeah. there's – I think he's a, he has four defenses on his roster right now. I don't know what that's about, but he's he's pretty much starting like you know anybody like on his team that's any good. But then Connor's got a bunch of guys on the bench. It's like you know Jack Doyle or Ryan Griffin. Like obviously Eric Ebron's out, so it's like do we flip our coin there? And then like is he gonna you know maybe think about Debo Samuel who's got a lot of upside versus you know DK Metcalf? So I, yeah, I think it could come down to that. Um, and and like I said, Kenyon Drake too. So. Yeah, man. Remarkable to think that Madison Ladder's sitting uh, with the four seed, and he has David Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster on his bench, and it's not even a question of if he would play them. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so with uh, with uh, the the group me uh, saying seven four in favor of Connor, we'll take Connor in this one and move to the next matchup. What do you got, Jake? That is John Thompson versus Jake Davis. The group me giving the vote to one John Thompson, seven votes, Jake Davis coming in with five. The loser here is almost for sure likely eliminated, and the winner stays alive, stays alive but needs to uh, to fight for a, a high score to, to sneak into a bottom playoff seed. There's a lot at stake here. Another really fun matchup, two guys who are great, uh, great owners, man. Two former champs battling it out with lots on the line. Um, I will say this. I feels like just yesterday was praising John Thompson's squad as being uh, world beaters, just uh, an unbelievable roster full of talent. Mm-hmm. And he has now lost three of four. And Jake Davis, who was by many considered to be in the ISHN consideration, is now a bubble playoff team. Two teams mm-hmm. trending in very different directions. That's right. And I think I disagree with the masses. Uh, Deshaun Watson facing the number one defense in fantasy football, the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. He has Aaron Jones, who has scored uh, only three points in two of his last three games. So Dang. when that yeah. is, you know, your likely keeper for next season is just That's shocking. absolutely yeah. awful games. He's starting Bo Scarborough, Bo Scarborough in his starting lineup in week 13, trying to get a playoff spot. <laughs> I mean, it felt like he just had this juggernaut full of running backs, and now... He's rolling this guy out in a, in a playoff push game. Darren Waller has double digits, only one of his last five games. I I am low on John Thompson's team, which means that um, I'll probably be wrong and they'll come out and light <laughs> yeah. the world on fire. But I've also yeah. been low on Jake Davis's team at times, and they've come out high. So I think my praise and my my negative comments kind of neutralized here, and it's it's another game that's quite a push. Yeah. Uh, Jake Davis, since week seven, has scored between 106 and 119 points every time. A 13-point window for the last five games. So he's never had an awful week, but he also does not have a very high ceiling. And if that stands, I think there's a very likely chance that Jake beats John in a low-scoring game, but both of them miss the playoffs because of points four. 
So yeah. we'll see, man. I think the X factor here comes down to which Aaron Jones shows up and which Amari Cooper shows up. Both dudes can easily score 40, and honestly, both guys can score under five points. That happened last yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that the, you make the point about Aaron Jones, you know, scoring three points in two of his last three, but I think that just means that Aaron Jones is due for, like, 90 because that's just, like, what the guy <laughs> does is, like, is like okay, here's his, his game matchup is – He's got 4.9 followed by 25. He's got an 8 followed by an 18 and then a 41 and then a 3 followed by a 27. So I think I think he's a hard guy to keep two day, uh, down two weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'll give more of a nod to, to John's team here than maybe you would. Um, but I, I think still I'm going to back Jake Davis here. Um, I still think he's got, you know, he's got the matchups to get him across the line. I mean, Joe Mixon versus the Jets isn't terrible. Le'Veon Bell versus Cincinnati is something you really like. And then I, I still think that, you know, Dak on Thanksgiving, Cowboys are probably going to pile up some yards. Buffalo's defense is pretty good, so that could be the X factor here for me. But I think DJ Moore being on a tear is probably going to be the difference. And I think that I'd take uh, Jake Davis along with you. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, we are in disagreement with the group me, saying 7-5 and five in favor of John, and we're going to uh, favor Jake Davis instead. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, next matchup is one between two teams that have been very hot lately, um, one of them even hotter than the other one, um, and that's uh, Riley and Jackson. Um, the group me favored Riley overwhelmingly, 11-1. to one. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, Riley has a lot to play for here still, um, even though he's already in the in the playoffs. He's playing for a championship, a regular season championship, um, because if he wins and, and Jake and Ryan lose, then that puts him in play for the regular season champ. Um, but a loss and a win by me also put him out of a bye. So that's a pretty wide range of outcomes available for Riley. Um, and then Jackson here is playing for his life, a guy that you know was was on a tear when we last talked, and he's he's doing still really well, but put up a total stinker last week at the worst possible time. He's most likely a win and in because of place uh, points for, and then most likely a losing out unless some crazy stuff happens. So I think you know looking at the matchup. Um, Jackson's team, you know, it's great. It's it's one that we still like. I, I still like it, even though he had a bad week last week. And he's got, you know, Mike Evans, Hunter Henry, and then Chris Carson is the piece that he needed. Um, but Riley just has so many studs, man. The running back trio is unbelievable. And then Julian Edelman is the guy that, like, lends the consistency that he needed at the wide receiver position. So I think the thing I'm looking at for an X factor is probably Mike Evans um, because that guy has zero points in him, like we've seen, and he's also got 45. So I think, you know, like if we see a Mike Evans show up game, then Jackson's going to put himself in play against any score that Riley puts up. But still, I don't I don't think that's going to be enough. Um, I think Mike Evans is probably going to bounce back from a bad week last week and have a really good week this week. But I still think that I'm going to take Riley here because he's uh, – Got one of the best teams in the league, I think. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. Great analysis. Um, Riley's team is a juggernaut. And I said in the group me that I was going to come on here and praise him in hopes that the usual uh, <laughs> praise that inevitably leads to destruction would, would fall uh, yeah. So I'm just going to take about 30 seconds and say that Riley is kind. He is beautiful. He is smart. <laughs> um, he's honestly the greatest owner in the league. Anything else that can and should be said praiseworthy about Riley, let it be heard now. Um, So now now that we've got that out of the way, uh, I'll say this, man. Um, His team, for all being serious, is lethal. There is not really a weak spot on this roster. 
Oh my um, gosh, yeah. Just you look, look at, at it. Incredible. It, it's really like I wouldn't be surprised to see him score 200 in a week. He has so many guys who have yeah. high upside and who even in an off game are only scoring, I don't know, 15 points. I mean, it just there's a, a very high floor and a very high ceiling for this team. And uh, yeah, man, it, it's hard to it's hard to envision him losing this week um, with with so much talent. But I'll say this: Jackson's team is also capable of coming out and just having a monster performance. I was looking at a mm-hmm. uh, at David Montgomery. He's averaging ten points a game this season, but yeah. his last six games. Let me read you these stat lines. Yeah, he had please. One point, one point, then twenty four, <laughs> then twenty two, then six, six, and five. <laughs> <laughs> so he's never actually averaging like 10 or 11 points. He either has nothing or he comes out with a great performance. And this week, they're playing against Detroit on Thanksgiving. Uh, Detroit has, I think, the second worst run defense in all of fantasy football. So David Montgomery yep. could have a massive game. You've already outlined the X factor. Mike Evans could have a, a monster game any given week. Uh, Chris Carson, another guy who could just have an absolute stinker. Dude cannot mm-hmm. hang on to the freaking football. But he also yeah. is capable of a huge game. Same for Tevin Coleman. There's a lot of guys on this team who have high upside. Yeah, lots of upside. Good bust. So I think Riley's going to score a lot of points. It really just comes down to whether Jackson's team has got it in them or not to right. stay alive. And yeah, man. <clears throat> the bummer to me, I would like to see both of these teams in the playoffs, frankly, because as, a, as an owner who's never won a championship, you want to see as many guys as possible who haven't won make it to the playoffs if it's not going to sure. be you you want to see somebody else new and and right now as it stands i think um there's there's a possibility that like uh jake davis connor john yourself could all sneak into the playoffs and yeah. that would be kind of frustrating because <laughs> i'd either have to be playing for myself or riley <laughs> and yeah. uh so yeah man I'm, I'm hopeful that we get a couple of uh, owners without a championship in the playoffs so yeah yeah i think i think like you said you know i mean i think riley's yeah, pretty much got like like 130 in him, give or take. Like he's projected at 140 right now, and like even if he like undershoots that by 15, he's still at 125. It's just gonna be up to like whether like Jackson has a big week or not. I don't think it's a question of like you know where if Riley's gonna put up the points. I think it's gonna be a question of can Jackson match him. Um, so I, I'm saying no. Are you? What were you saying? Yeah, I gotta say Riley. Um, but yeah. you know. Anything can happen. Anything can and, happen. And, and the group me, the group me agrees. So I think yes. uh, Riley's probably gonna uh, take a dub and maybe uh, be in competition for the championship. Yep. You want to move uh, us yeah. to our, our next matchup? I sure do. Uh, our next matchup is Steph versus Trent and Hunter. This one um, seemingly doesn't have much on the line, although really maybe one of the games that has the most amount of of options <laughs> and results that could happen here. Uh, Trent and Hunter could end up with ISHN. Um, it's actually, there is a very, uh, strange path. I believe that if Steph lost and there's a couple different things, three other games would have to go a certain way. Teams would have to pass each other in points for Steph could actually end up with the ISHN handle. Mm -hmm. And there's also like a very, very, very tiny possibility if Steph's team comes out and just lights the world on fire that they could sneak in and get the sixth seed. So (laughs) Um, Steph's probably got one of the weirdest outcomes. Again, not what he was thinking uh, he was looking at just 48 hours ago. Uh-huh. But it's where he finds himself now. And, um, yeah, man, it, it's it's really interesting. I, I still, like you said earlier, it's hard to see where it all went wrong for Trent Hunter. Um, 
so many guys that were picked early in the draft or even keepers that are on their squad, and yet they scored under 100 points for three straight weeks. They, they put mm-hmm. up 67 points last week. 67. Jeez. I mean, Jeez. there's like a, a handful of, of guys who picked two of them, and Christian McCaffrey can basically score 67 by himself. Uh, it's, it's, I would love that. I don't know, I don't know about 67. I would love that, though. That would be pretty, fantastic. Pretty wild. Um, I will say this. You look at this matchup, um, and you look at tight end, and you really look at tight end across the whole the whole league. Um, last week, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and Jared Cook outscored the other eleven tight ends in fantasy football by twelve points. I mean, it, the the week in week out, just the difference between the top crop of tight ends and mm-hmm. the rest of the league. There's there's a massive massive cap there when three the top three tight ends outscore the other 11 um it really is a a a position in which there is so much on the line and i think that these two teams both have kind of gotten screwed a bit in these areas at qb Mm -hmm. and at tight i would say um kind of trying to constantly stream and you know none of us want to pick a qb or tight end early and yet it seems like maybe that's a slept on strategy for certain Mm -hmm. teams um, that's Good that's thing. kind of been the demise in a lot of ways for these guys. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Steph is in limbo. Um, I think Trent and Hunter are just trying to avoid the ISHN handle here. I'd say that the X factor is probably can anybody's superstars propel them? Um, they've There's mm-hmm. plenty of talent on these two teams. And, and I will say the reason why I'm going to pick Steph okay. is because Devontae Adams is facing the Giants, who are yeah, yeah. And DJ Shark is facing Tampa Bay's uh, past secondary which is just abysmal as well so i think one of those two guys will have a monster game and um of course austin eckler continues to be really solid so i'm, I'm gonna go with steph what about you yeah it could be it could be the Devonte adams coming out party we've all kind of forgotten that he's existed even the games that he's played he hasn't really you know absolutely destroyed or anything like that so i think this could be the game where he reminds us all uh, why you don't forget about Devonte Adams, but even so, I think I'll uh, I think I'll take Trenton Hunter in this one. I think you know we talked about how we just still feel like this team isn't all that bad, and like they could you know still string together some good weeks. And and I think I'll put my money where my mouth is and 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 back them here. Um, you like Tyler Lockett against the the Vikings, who really really suck against the pass, and and then I think uh, you know Zeke will get his and kind of tick. Um, and then it's been a while since we've seen Emmanuel Sanders pop up for the 49ers, and he's certainly getting a little bit more healthy, um, not uh, having to deal with that rib cartilage injury. So I, I think I'll back uh, uh, Trenton Hunter. And then also on the other side, I, I just like, yeah, he's got DJ Shark, and yeah, he's got Devontae Adams, but man, bad bad injury. Uh, again, losing Marlon Mack, he's going to have to start Neam Hines or just like some well, other just random scat back from waivers or something like that. So, I mean, there's still, you know, the chance that he makes a, a strong play with waiver dollars and gets somebody that's a good stream. But I, I just I just don't think that he's got the points in him to beat the probably, you know, like 110-ish that Trenton Hunter, I would see, putting up. Um, yeah, man. That brings us to our, our last matchup, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that, if you're paying attention, would be the uh, matchup versus uh, two duos, and that is uh, Jacob and Zach versus Jake and Ryan. Uh, Jake and Ryan favored 11 to two, and the group me in this one, which I think is uh, it's pretty decisive. But I don't know, I'm not so sure about yeah. this one being uh, <laughs> being such a runaway win for Jake and Ryan. 
Jake and Ryan, um, they've got a bye clinched, had a great season. Um, definitely been helped out by some low points for, or, or sorry, low points against, but um, uh, they obviously have, you know, one of the squads to beat. Um, if they win, their regular season chance, and that's all you can ask for for a season. Um, but if they lose and Riley wins, that could put them out of that spot. Um, still a lot that has to happen there, and Riley has to score quite a bit to pass them. Um, but still something on the line. And then for Jacob and Zach, as we know, it's win and in um, and lose, and they would need a lot of help. They need a lot of teams to lose. But their points for would definitely carry them over the line at 7-6. and six. So Jacob and Zach are, are definitely uh, watching this one very closely. It's going to be a tight one, honestly, I think, Jake. Um, there's two good teams here. Um, your alls is obviously one of the best. you got Goblin, Chubb, Mahomes being the core of the team. And also got, I mean, like Parker's looked great. Like just like a really, really great fringe, too. Um, but Jacob and Zach, they're getting healthier, and they're and they're uh, they're riding on the back of uh, the Lamar Jackson MVP campaign, which yeah. has been absolutely incredible and so fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I think when Jack, Jacob and Zach are healthy, um, I still like them as a solid lock for the playoffs. It's just they haven't been healthy, and and it sucks for them. So I think the X factor here is. Adam Thielen or T.Y. Hilton's health you know like if they play they play their like full complement of snaps then yeah we could see a competitive game but if not you know I think you guys run away with it what do you see yeah man to to be honest uh just before recording I actually had to ask Mason whether the regular season champ won any money because I've never been close enough to even uh think about that (laughs) so yeah, yeah shout out to Ryan Long uh the one and only for for uh, carrying us uh, uh, to this uh, to this buy, um, he he has been in this place many times before. It's new territory mm-hmm. for me, so mostly just thankful, man, that we've already got a buy. Um, feels really good to know we, um, yeah, can kind of be thinking about those those final two. Yeah, weeks, getting but. that guaranteed win in the playoffs is so yeah. crucial too, because anything can happen in those three playoff games. So. Seriously, and and honestly, I think it's big for us because Ingram and Hooper both have some. Some injury concern to have uh, a week or two that's not uh, massive importance for them to rest up is is good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, I honestly I I probably picked Jacob and Zach myself. Um, like you said, very talented team. I think kind of slept on a little bit, but Lamar is just unbelievable. I will say uh, for our sake, as far as hoping to win the the regular season championship, Lamar and Mark Ingram are facing San Francisco on. Uh, on Sunday, and that is one of the best defenses in football we've seen in a while, man. Just yeah, a, for a sure. Fantastic defense. A game that I know for for sure I'm excited to watch. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be a big one. I think one nice thing for Jacob and Zach is they don't have any Thanksgiving games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think every one of their guys has a full week, and when you've got Thielen and Ty Hilton who have had some injury concern, nice for those guys to have a, a full week of practice, not be playing sure. a game on. On Thursday night, uh, I'll say this: if, if Ty and Thielen are both healthy and can play, they've got good matchups. I think they probably get the dub. Um, but if one uh, one or two of those guys isn't able to suit up, yeah, then I'm feeling pretty pretty good about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's looking like I mean, I read the news today. It's looking like Ty Hilton is probably not going to play at this point. Like obviously things can change in the in the full week, and you know people get better sometimes. But yeah, like that's and even if he plays like it's it's not even like I said like you need the full complement of snaps from those guys and them to be at their best and so it's it's still going to be a tough one even if they do play for Jacob and Zach I will say though that DeAndre Hopkins plays against New England who is obviously a total juggernaut on defense 
Yeah. Um, and then Chris Goblin just had his good game last week, and so it's time for them <laughs> to not have as good of a game because that's, that's just right. what the Bucks receivers do. They just seesaw. So there's definitely still a path to victory for them, but I, I think that I still would back the team that has uh, the most points for in the league and has looked the best so far um, and will probably be one of the favorites when we're talking about the playoffs next week, and that's you all. Um, and with uh, the group me at 11-2, and two, I think that uh, means that you guys get the nod for that one as well. Um, yeah. so I, I think, uh, I think we actually, we forgot to mention, <laughs> we forgot to mention on this, on our sheet preparation sheet, the Chase and Alex matchup, there's not <laughs> any playoff implications on the line, but we, uh, we actually forgot that was a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's on us. Oh, that's so bad. I was looking at him, and I was like, why is there only six? Like, that, yeah, that works sorry, out way Andrew, too well. Andrew and Chase, Andrew and Chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no disrespect. There's a lot on the line in that game. There is, there yeah. is. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll start us off. Uh, yeah, go a couple for it. Of thoughts here off the cuff. Um, yeah, man, this is actually, it. it's uh, it's kind of wild that these two teams are are playing for potentially last place Andrew being on a three-game win streak and, and Chase's team again being a bit higher scoring than their place reflects in the standings but uh yeah man um uh, Andrew did clarify he is not starting a blank a blank bench uh I it's a quite a strategy just throw your whole team on the bench and see how things yeah. go from there uh, oh, I was I was rolling to the day though when <laughs> Madison was like oh my gosh he's playing chess while we're playing checkers yeah <laughs> Uh, that got me pretty good, man. Um, yeah, I I think uh, I think that I'll probably have to back the hot hand here and Andrew Fry. Um, he's got a very very solid squad. These last couple of weeks um, posted some some good numbers: 117 last week, 106, 133 the week before. Um, not gonna light the world on fire, but uh, I think he's had a higher floor these last couple of weeks than at the beginning of the season and. Has got some good matchups. Um, you can take a look. Uh, Odell is finally heating up again. Brady's playing Houston's defense, which hasn't been great. Um, and then I, I really think maybe the X factor here for Andrew is John Brown. Dude has been mm-hmm. uber consistent. Only one mm-hmm. game all season where he didn't post double digits in our league. And has had a couple of massive games, man. He had 34 yeah. points in week 11, 25 at the beginning of the season. He's He's capable of a... A very high-end game. Uh, that's kind of my thoughts about Andrew. Any thoughts about Chase or, or this matchup, Mason? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, that you, you pointed to a really good X factor because John Brown plays Dallas, who is like inexplicably like just really good against the pass. I don't really understand it because I watch Dallas's games and their defense isn't that great, and they don't really get a whole lot of pressure either. Um, but I'll also point out that Matt Breda and his health is important to Andrew's campaign, I think, because otherwise, you know, he's pretty much like starting Rex Burkhead or holding his nose and starting somebody else that's, you know, you, you don't you don't love to see um, out there in the lineup. So so I think Matt Breda playing could be the key to him winning here. Um, I think I'm actually probably going to back Chase here. And that's uh, simply because Tyreek Hill, like this guy is just a monster. Like when he's on the field, just crazy plays happen. Um, I guess I don't know the, uh, the availability. It says that he should be able to play. And they said as much like when he got pulled out of the week 11 game is like they were pretty much precautionary and they didn't want to aggravate it. 
So yeah, I mean Tyree Kill against Oakland is is that's that's 35 points available right there, and that could be the difference in a matchup that you know is probably going to be decided in the low hundreds or so. So I think I like Chase here, um, catching the catching the wind in his sails at the wrong ta- time, uh, not to be overlooked. He also kind of went on a little bit of a tear and then had a, a tough loss last week. So um, I think his team is going to get it done and he's going to avoid the ISHN handle and maybe push Andrew towards it for a second straight year, which would be tough. It's tough, man. Tough. I'll uh, I'll say this, uh, Tyreek. I, I was just doing some mental math in my head. This man, when he is uh, actually playing in a full game, is averaging 23 points per game. That would be yeah. tied with Michael Thomas. Yeah. So when you think about that top echelon of wide receivers, Tyreek is undoubtedly there. He's got an elite quarterback. Dude just can't stay healthy. And it really bites when you have a game like Chase had where Tyreek goes out and tweaks his hammy or whatever it was you know, first drive of the game and it doesn't yeah. play and you're not able to sub him out. It's Monday night football. It's yeah, tough. There's been was a lot a, of those breaks for, for Chase. Um, sure. But yeah, he, he can definitely go out and absolutely torch it. And then Josh Jacobs could easily run all over Kansas City. They've got the worst run defense in fantasy football. So a lot of upside for Chase. I, it would be pretty funny to see those two battling it out for ISHN be, uh, be one of the highest scoring uh, matchups of the week. But it could happen, man. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. They really both uh, they both got the matchups to do it, and their their teams are definitely on the up and up. Yeah, I mean, like you said about Tyreek Hill, that's just like so hard to hard to stomach, especially because uh, Chase was I think only down by like four in that matchup going into Monday Night Football, and if Tyreek had won, you know, we'd be having a completely different conversation about Chase's yeah. team. So that's just like how how tight it's been this year. Just like I mean, the the last place team might end up with five wins. That's just yeah. like a Incredible testament to, you know, the the owners and how well everyone's done, done their research and, and made moves. And also it's been kind of a weird year. Yeah, I feel nice. like there's been so many people who have just been like super up and down. Yep. So, yeah, that's, that's going to bring us to the end of that. I think uh, it would be good to, we talked about it for a while, but why don't you just uh, summarize who you think are the last three in and then who ends up with the last place handle, Jake? Ooh, all right. I think that the last three teams in are going to be Madison Ladder. I think it's going to be, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at tough. the teams that I picked to win and lose, yeah. actually, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be Madison Ladder who will sneak in. He'll be eight and five. Um, I think that uh, Jake Davis is going to get in at seven and six. Mm. And then we're going to have a six and seven team make the playoffs. No because way. I think with my picks, Jacob loses, Jackson loses, John loses, Connor loses. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the six and seven uh, Sequanda forever actually get the, the six playoff seats. So I'm going to say it's Madison Ladder, Jake Davis, and Jacob Morris and Zach. Yeah, that would be a crazy outcome, but it's honestly not that far-fetched. Like, I mean, a lot of stuff has to happen for that to happen, but if you look at the matchups of the the guys that basically, you know, need to lose for a 6-7 and seven team to get in, is like they're definitely not favored. Yep. Um, uh, who, who are you going to pick for the, the last place spot? Ooh, last place. Man. You know what? I am, man, I really, I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to say I think it's Alex. 
Um, you I did say that you think Alex beats me earlier. So did, yeah, does but, that change anything for you? Do you think that, that no, Chase and Alex both win then? You didn't say he didn't like Waffle House. So how yeah. can I beat the guy? It's going to so have to be right. Alex. You're so right. Yeah, I don't know what you meant. I don't even why I spoke up. Yeah, It's obvious that Alex is coming in last if he doesn't yeah. like Waffle House. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that my three in. So I said that Connor would win. I thought that Jacob and uh, Zach would, would find it tough. But I, I think that Connor... Um, you know, oh man, it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be so close. Yeah, um, I think that it's probably gonna be Connor in a very close one um, because he's gonna beat Madison. Jacob and Zach are gonna lose, and then I think uh, Jake Davis um, wins and gets in, and just barely. And then also in my scenario, I think that would mean that Madison would get in at seven and six. So, yeah, so Connor, Jake Davis, and Madison, and those three. And then I think sneakily, I think that it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's just it's, the stars are aligning. Um, and I think that, yeah, Alex, who hates Waffle House, is probably going to be the bottom feeder at the end of it. Um, it's going to be a tough year for him to go home with that name. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, that's all we got for this week. Um, We'll be back next week with uh, hopefully a solid pod talking about the playoffs and uh, with a uh, guest picker um, to help us uh, go through every week that's going to lead us up to the championship that I know that everyone is anticipating a whole lot, even more so if you might be in it. Uh, Jake, you got any uh, last words before we head out? I uh, actually, boys, I think I'm going to be in town this weekend, kind of a last minute thing. Um, so if any of you guys want to get together maybe watch like Sunday night football or something, uh, later in the weekend or beginning of the week, maybe on Monday, would love to, to see you guys, um, watch a little football and, and hang for a bit. That's I think all I got, Mason. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, we'll see you guys next time.